RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. Good uh, afternoon, good morning, good day, and hello to anyone listening to us from around the globe. Uh, this is Consultivation Podcast. I'm here this week with Kevin Turnbull. Kevin, I, I should really go through your immense credentials. I wouldn't bother, Dave. I wouldn't bother. No, it's true. Uh, Kevin is, of course, our Vice President of RLC Consult. Our, if you're trying to be an advisor, then you can join us and talk to Kevin and us about that. As well as that, as in his, in his spare time, he's the President of RLCLA. Sounds tremendous. And a really fine executive coach, it would appear. Indeed, indeed. Hey, Dave, I know that uh, subject this morning is mindset or motivation or both. But can yeah. I just um, pull you back for a minute and ask you about consultivation? Where did that amazing name come from? Well, I, this, there was two two things that prompted the word consultivation as a podcast coming together. And that was we were doing RLC CPA Live. And the intention of RLC CPA Live was to showcase to the industry and friends of ours in the US how active we are and have been and still are in that industry. And, you know, walking many of our shared friends and clients through what's been a challenging few years. What then struck me is what we were all talking about was consulting, was advisory, was business stories, business uh, challenges. So as soon as we were talking about consultivation, I simply put together the idea of a conversation uh, with consulting and came up with consultivation, which is conversations about what's going on in business through consultivations. Well, that makes sense. Now you've, now you've explained it. This made-up uh, word. Yeah, yeah it, it, is, it is a made-up word. We, we do have quite a few of those, as, as you know, from an RLC perspective, um, words that you know, cut across many idioms. So, so the purpose is to give anyone listening to or watching this um, something to think about to do with business. And today we want to talk about mindset or motivation. And I guess the first debate, do you think the or is even relevant? Um, possibly, um, because there's an and there, right? It's an, it's, an and, it's an and or. But what's the question? Is it which is most important? Or, I, think so. I think so. Or you, the chicken and the egg, which comes first? Well, that's that's too deep a question for a show like this, the chicken and the egg. <laughs> well, I, I, well I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Why did the consultation cross the road? That's what I want to know. That's a very good question, Kevin. Um, and there's a whole range of, of alternative answers. Um, I think I think people often look at motivation in business and they decide first and foremost 
how motivated they are based on feelings they might be having in that moment. And therefore, I think motivation can sometimes accidentally come before mindset, whereas I firmly believe it's mindset first. Because you still might be having the feelings that were rubbish before that. You might be sitting there going, you know, but I still feel the same. Uh, but you can tune a mindset channel frequency in your head in, can't you? Um, and, and you can adjust the feeling through consistent choices, I think. I mean, do you, am I talking too much mumbo jumbo, Kevin, in this consultivating idea? No, 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 no. Um, and, and the answer to the question is obviously to get to the other side, which is yeah. a good business analogy because that's what we're trying to help businesses do, to get to the other side. But I think um, uh, I, I get asked a lot about motivation in particular. Um, you know, how do I motivate myself? How do I motivate my staff? Um, and I actually always bring the conversation back to mindset. Yeah. Because if you've got a negative mindset, you can try all the motivating you like, but it's not going to work. Um, you're not going to motivate yourself because you're in, you're in a negative space. And you're certainly not going to motivate your team because your negativity will be coming across and it will be demotivating. So I always put mindset first, getting in, in that positive frame of mind to achieve the goals you're setting yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm writing it down. A positive frame of mind to achieve the goals you're setting yourself. We'll put that up on a banner in a little bit. I think it's vital because it's also, I think, a life thing. And, you know, you know, what's the difference between a consultivating chicken and a life coach chicken? Well, that now that is a very deep question. That's <laughs> really, really deep. But <laughs> whatever line of work you're in, psychology, um, counselling, it's, it's understanding that the day you're in needs a mindset. And I, I think you... Because you know, let's let's say you're feeling really gracious that day, uh, you high on the on the gratitude score. That's still a mindset, it's a frame of reference, it's a window you're choosing to look through. And I, I sometimes think there are certain ailments in the world that people have that is an advantage. You know, you, you wear glasses, Kevin, because of course your eyesight is too good for the world, so you have to tone it down, don't you? Well, it's 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 the uh, X-ray laser vision. That's if I don't put glasses on. It's it's. I'm like an X-man. Yeah, I can imagine. Step aside, Mister Marvel, and and who's who's a DC Comics and the Superman character. But I think you have to put your glasses on for certain tasks or certain situations, and we often forget to choose to put our mindset on or to tune our mindset in uh, actively enough. And, and it's possibly one of the most talked about subjects. There are a couple in the world, I think, mindset. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And the other important thing about mindset is um, if you are actively wanting to put on, say, a positive mindset, you're forcing yourself to be honest, um, which, again, is, a, you know, is an important personal characteristic. Because if you're not feeling very positive, you know, it's a struggle to get a positive mindset going. And that leads you into, and that's going to be a definite double struggle to get anyone motivated, including yourself. Um, uh, I, I always remember in my retail career that 
um, I was able to apply, um, I think, what was a John Maxwellism, which was about being aware when you're in the shop window. And, and I always find that easy to connect with because there was a shop window, right? Um, so therefore, you could connect that, that concept up quite quickly. But it's, it's, I think as a leader, it's recognizing you are in one. And like you said, Kev, if you're, if you're not in a great space, in this day and age, you might want to take an alternative action and not be in the window of display where people can see, sense, notice, and look at you and go, wow, what's up with Kevin or what's up with Dave? Um, and in that moment, they, of course, have a choice to make, like we all do in any situation, they can either believe their assumption, do nothing, or find out. Right. Yeah, I know. And I'm sure, I'm sure I never said a positive frame of mints. <laughs> Is that what it says? <laughs> I, I'll um, quick, quickly correct that. Although that does put an, an interesting you know, spin on the whole subject. <laughs> I do apologise if you're listening to this. Um, because that was quite funny. There was a typo going on the scroll across the screen, created by myself, Dave Evans. Uh, hopefully now in a second, it's going to flash right back up and the mince has gone and the mind is back. Yeah. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Although it is making me a little bit hungry because I haven't had breakfast yet. And you're, you're on Pacific time, aren't you, Kevin? So what time is it where you are? It is 9.14 a.m. Wow. So think back to your CEO days of the past. When you've left home, I mean, what was the earliest you ever left home, Kev, to go to the office in the old days? In the old days, when I was working in London, um, I would frequently leave the house at around six to, to, commute, yeah. to commute in. And how long would it take you? Uh, an hour and a half each way. Hated every minute of it. So three hours a day? Yeah. So how did you motivate yourself? Well, it, it, I was just thinking exactly that thing that, you know, um, if you've got a negative thing in front of you, like a long commute, you're not in a positive mindset. So you're demotivating yourself, you know, because, you know, what's it all about? Um, you know, is, is it all worth it? Now, I had, a, I had a senior job with a very big company. I was a global director. Um, so I had a lot of responsibility and the job was fun. You know, it was it was it was it was uh, it was challenging and, and rewarding. But I honestly, I did hate the commute, and I hated little things about it. For example, I had a first-class rail ticket, and I could never get a seat because it was a commuter train which was packed. I had a, I, I suffered sadly from a bit of a bad back issue, and so my back used to be aching during those three hours of travelling, um, and uh, and it wasn't actually much much fun. And that does spark off, you know, that, that's a real world example of mindset and motivation. Um, when, I, when I eventually got into the centre of London after getting the, the, uh, the train and then a tube, um, the subway into the centre of town, I had to positively kind of challenge my mindset and get it into gear. Um, and you can do that. Um, but you have to be honest with yourself and say, leave all that clutter behind. Um, all that brain trash, all that negative feelings about the commutes, and start your day from now, right? What are you going to do? What are you going to achieve? What, what goals are you going to set yourself? So you can condition yourself, but you really got to be honest, as I said before. You really got to be honest with how you're feeling. Um, and 
for me, it worked to compartmentalize. I would take the commutes. It's a bit of a mind changer. This I'd kind of crumple it up, I'd chuck it in the I'd chuck it in the waste bin, and leave it behind, and then focus on the day ahead of me. You know, until, it, until it came time for the commute to go home. As, as, <laughs> of course, you weren't getting it out of the trash can at that point. You had, you had a new one to make, so you had a new way back. I had a new one. And, I, and actually what was happening was that I wouldn't rush home, um, you know, so I'd, I'd, I'd work a longer day, even though it was an early start, in order not to hit peak travel time. Um, so I was giving myself deliberately a, a, a much longer day than I would normally do. You know, I wouldn't leave the office till sort of, I don't know, 7, 7.30 um, uh, and, and then get home at 9.00. And, and, then, and then next day, repeat. Yeah. And was it three days a week, four days a week, all week? Well, I, I used to, um, I, I, I had actually, in this company, I had two jobs. Um, uh, so I was a global director and, and then I was also CEO of a subsidiary of the company, um, which was an internet play. Um, it was an online retailing play. Um, and, uh, and the office for that company was not far away. So initially I was spending one day a week in London and four days a week in uh, a place called Milton Keynes um, uh, in, in our new online e-commerce, you know, fancy offices. Um, and I did that for two years until my boss, who was the group CEO, said, we actually want you to promote yourself to chairman of the online subsidiary and spend more of your time um, working on your global director role. And I was kind of, okay, does that mean you want to be in London like a couple of days a week? Uh, and he said, no, I'm more like five or six. Um, so that started this commuting thing. Um, and I definitely didn't enjoy that. Um, and uh, and it, it was one of those weird jobs as well, where I was the global e-commerce director. So, and this is in the early days of e-commerce. So this is 94 to 98. Um, where it wasn't really, you know, Amazon was just a kind of, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd be telling uh, this was, uh, this was in the automotive sector. So I'd be telling dealers that this is the future of, you know, Kindles and things like that are going to take over. And they said, no, it'll never happen. Things won't change. Um, uh, but I was kind of, I was traveling around the world to our subsidiaries in Singapore and Hong Kong and Australia, kind of saying, you've got to have a website. And, and there wasn't much fun in that, to be honest, because it seemed obvious to me, and I wasn't going to build it for them. So they had to, yeah. you know, deploy yeah. local resources. Um, so it was an embryonic days, but look where it has all turned out. Um, where Amazon is the biggest company in the world, so on and so forth. So let's pick on mind changes in a moment. Uh, but first, think about the last 18 months, 15 months of COVID and the commute. I'm hoping companies begin to realise is a thing of the past and that it's a much different cultural ecosystem that people start to think about. Because if you were to add up three hours a day, times however many days a week, times however many years, times however many minutes of your life, do you think there's a need today for organisations to value that? after what we're going through? I, I, I think particularly with, you know, like big companies and head offices, I think there will be a sea change. Uh, one, one thing that COVID has taught us is that we can work from home. Um, and a lot of people that I talk to are quite comfortable with that. 
Um, and, I, and I think a kind of hybrid um, structure because human, uh, you know, human interaction is important, but it doesn't have to be a kind of slavish nine to five, get on the commute, get on the train, um, uh, with all the wasted time that goes with that. Although some people, particularly when they drive, they don't mind the commute because it's a bit of their time. You know, they can they can listen to music, they can think through things before yeah. they change work to say family, um, which has got which has got other 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 pressures. But I I do think a hybrid system will prevail. And and one of my clients who's got a he's got an office in in Manhattan, um, and he is. He's encouraging people to kind of start to go back to work, but the, the, the people in the Manhattan office don't want to go because they don't want to get on trains, you know, because it's it's it was like my journey; it was a commuter train journey, um, and they have found that they are very they can very easily work from home. And I've quizzed him a lot on productivity. You know, how does he feel his staff are doing? And he says, actually, they're doing great. You know. It, it really hasn't impacted that. Now he is working from home, and, and he's tearing his hair out um, because because he likes to be involved. Yeah. So there's a there's a personality type associated with this conversation that you know some people like the commute, they like going to the office, you know, they like to have a big office and a you know the accoutrements of um, of, of executiveness. Yeah. Um, other people just aren't that bothered. It's it's an it's an interesting change, isn't it? And I think it's well overdue. And I, I think of conversations I've heard close friends have about who was in in the morning. But I, I go right the way back to my time at Dixon's, and I remember when I was doing a head office role, like you, early commute to Hemel Hempstead from at the time I was living in a place called Rugby. I know you know where that is, and uh, it's not very far. It's only seventy odd miles, but it, the drive in the morning was a two hour commitment, and usually two and a half so you'd leave early because of that and but the, I, I'd learned early on that being there being set up at the desk jacket ready to go stuff out um, was being judged now I saw loads of people and I have to tell you I participated in it a little bit right who would have done all that and they were off having breakfast right right and then the assumption was they were all in meetings I, I remember going out to the canteen going they're all down here they're not up there. And actually, because act, they've got it the right way around, they've got it in the guts set up and they're having a pause moment before the day starts. Maybe not. Maybe they were just looking like they were busy. Uh, but w whatever it is, there's, there's, there was a measurement of how hard you work based on how early you're in and how late you left. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've worked for some big corporations where, um, you know, if you, if you want to go places, if you're a go-getter, um, in inverted commas, um, then you work a long day to show people that you're you're kind of you're you're present, uh, yeah. which, 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 which personally I think is looking back that's what I did and it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but, but, but there you go. So there's a human nature side um, to doing that. But if you think about this commuting thing, um, you know we're, we're we're living in a in a planet that we need to green up a little bit. Where's the where's the benefit of you know sitting on a train or sitting um, on a plane or in a car um, in a traffic jam? Um, it's it seems so counterintuitive in a in a in an, in an obvious sort of a way. Um, but mind you, uh, you're casting back to the days you know pre Zoom, if you can recall those, Dave. 
Um, yes. The technology uh, in terms of video conferencing was ex was expensive um, and not really accessible by many people. Whereas you know with the with the with the with the ubiquitous Zoom Zooms and Zoom clones of the world, uh, it's easy. You know, I don't you don't have to get up in rugby to go to um, wherever you were going. You can just hop on a Zoom call and you know talk about your goals and what you're going to do and and all of that. And Bob's your uncle. You're done. And and uncle call Bob. You're right. Uh, now I know that's not the main point you were making. Uh, the thing is, Kev, right? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, but I I think there's a direct invitation to people who own businesses to be the difference here. Um, and we're going to move on to mindset and mind changes in a moment for the last part today. Uh, but to be the difference, it says, I actually value your personal time as much as I do your work time. And then ask yourself, what behavior does that create when you make that mental choice? So I've put the hyphen into mindset because it does give us a really good clue, isn't it, as to what the word is actually telling us. It's this ownership that it's up to you to set your mind. And if you spent your life so far waiting for others to affirm, cajole, encourage, maybe you're a type of person who needs that. That's okay. But you know, if you're the type of person that needs that and you master self-setting it, you'll be twice the force in your own life as well as those who do it automatically and those who don't have to work too hard at this. Um, I've often been considered to be a bit of an energist where I have reams of energy and people ask me why that is. And do you know, Kev, it's actually very simple. Having escaped death a few times, it impresses on you, doesn't it? A violent reality of, of fragility and mortality that makes you appreciate the moment much, much more than if you haven't experienced those things. Now, I'm not yeah. suggesting that anyone should have to experience those things. Like impressing on me a mental condition, I'm asking others to think about, can you do that to yourself? Because that's what a mindset is, is to realize, you know, when you, if you say to somebody who's very young, one day you'll look back and count the minutes you've spent. They look at you like you're daft. I think due to the amount of knowledge that's around in the world today, people can ask that question much younger now. Than, than we ever did um, due to what's at your fingertips. So I think this art of setting a mindset is really, really important. And one of the things, Kev, that you alluded to earlier was mind changes that we coach at RLC. And they're also in the book, Leadership or Leadership. Apologies to Apple, they'll censor that. Um, uh, but they are there for a reason because you shouldn't be surprised if you want a new neurological pathway to exist in your brain, right? You've got to repeat it. And if you're repeating something that's relatively new, um, old habits will override it pretty quickly if you let them. Old thoughts, old feelings, old music tracks, old, I say old people, not as an aging population, old relationships. We don't know that you're rewiring something for yourself. But mind changes for us allow us to fast track a neurological pathway into the frame of mind that you like. Kev, what do you think about mind changes? Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I think the great thing about mind changes is that they're underpinned by pretty concrete science. Um, so the, the, the techniques are, are, are they work, um, they're, they're effective. 
Um, and when, you know, when I when I when I talk about mindset and mind changes to my clients, I often kind of talk about TV set. You know, it's the same sort of thing. You, you've got a TV, you can set it to do what you want it to do. You can turn it on, you can turn it off, you can change channels, you can stream stuff. Um, you can look at your favorite bits. You can get in a positive frame of mind. You can be challenged by it all. That is mindset. And, and so having mind changes to facilitate doing that, to be kind of the remote control to get positive and negative stuff done, uh, is a is a really is a really great thing. I think, it's, it's a, and a lot of them are so simple, but so effective. Um, maybe you should give an example of one. I, I actually, well, the easiest one I think to illustrate here is a technique called the train, where because it's relevant to your commute from earlier, isn't it, Kevin? Of you know three hours round trip. One of the things about a mind changer, a really thought through mind changer is if you've designed it like we have where it's linked to something we've all done and turning something we've all done into a technique. Now, do remember, anytime you use a skill to do something, Kevin, right, it's much better than trying to get through it because the skill is almost the, the apparatus you need. And the train is designed where Let's imagine you're, you're boarding a train and you look out at the station and there's a version of you on the station. Um, the correct English is a doppelganger, a mirror image, that per version of you sat there, stood there. And you're looking out the window uh, and maybe you have got, like you had a first class ticket and you did get a seat and you're feeling pretty good. And you're looking at that version of you on the station and as you look at that version of you on the station, they are going to keep all of the traits and all of the habits you no longer desire to have. And then as the train leaves the station and you that's on the station gets smaller and smaller as a direct distortion and you're sat there on the train pulling away as it does usually quite slowly out of the, the station, that version of you begins to disappear into the distance and ideally, either into the past or into a direct deletion. And you leave those things disconnected on the station as you go off on the train. That is a mind changer. And if you practice that process with things you'd like to get rid of, you know, a classic one, Kevin, would be, I remember working with somebody who just got angry a bit too quickly. And they would do the train every day in the same seat, in the same place, and they would focus on them going into their working day, leaving that behavior, leaving that trait on the station before they started work. Did that make sense, Kevin? Uh, you know, it, it, it makes complete sense. And I mean, the nice thing about the train in particular is that there's a little, it's a bit of a parable as well. Uh, yeah. I know it's, a, you know, it, it's, it's using kind of NLP techniques to train your subconscious um in a particular way but there's a nice part there's a nice story behind it yeah um, which, which makes it all the more powerful i think I, I totally agree and it's it's finding the one that works for you we've got a set of them so uh maybe maybe in the next few weeks we'll put a link out there with the podcast series and say here's a couple you can select from what i'm clearer on you know as life goes on these are the types of things we shouldn't be sat on as a group of experts or you know professional professional people they should just be available you know the squeegee technique helping you delete something that's annoyed you in that moment instantly 
is another cracker that you know was designed because at the time when when i came up with the squeegee i was dealing with the fact that i was getting annoyed by primarily our, our children who were saying stuff that if i commented would get offended by the comments and i'm not saying it i wouldn't say anything rude kevin right i'd be going i'd want to say really you know maybe not really as a phrase as a dad and and you knew that you had to find a way to stop doing that and therefore a quick deletion technique allows you to instantly change that and therefore what happens next no longer happens and and, and, and there you go i mean um i know you can't help yourself saying those things but the fact that it works Thanks you know just a proof of the pudding it's entirely true, Kevin, and, and that's the truth behind them, is they were designed with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey would have said, but to solve the problem you were in. So so that's where they come really useful. And going back to today's theme, once we explain cultivation, mindset or motivation, it's up to you. But if there's one overarching thing I'd like to leave people to think about, and then I'll ask the same question to you, KT, and that is, your motivation is up to you. And if you're waiting for someone to motivate you, I've got free advice, stop it. You know, look inside, seek help, get get someone to cajole you, go near the people you trust. You've got to own your motivation. And the best way to own your motivation is to master setting your own mindset. Yeah, so I think we're kind of saying that mindset comes first, right? It does, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's a, there's a linear side to all of this. You can't have a negative mindset and have a positive motivation because you fake. That's fake. Totally. And on that bombshell, as a famous TV show might say, um, is that, and we're not supporting it in any shape or form, uh, next week we do have a bit of news that we're going to be bringing to consultation. As a small change we're going to make in the next few months, we'll still be recording this every Tuesday. And we'll still be putting this out on all the podcasts on a Wednesday and Thursday and giving you the tasters throughout LinkedIn and a few other places during the week. So if you want to listen to a bit of it, you can. Uh, so that's good news. I'd like to thank Kevin for being with us again from LA. Mr. Turnbull, we appreciate your support. And a, a shout out to Eric Speck, who's not with us today. Our stable guide, who's here every week. Unfortunately, he's slightly unwell today. And, and Eric, officially on the podcast, we do all wish you a speedy recovery, sir. And to some of our friends who, as of next week, are coming back to join us for some super discussions about business. Therefore, Kevin, consultations. Makes complete sense to me now. Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.